Welcome to Move Forward Radio, a show featuring interviews with physical therapists and other healthcare experts. This program is brought to you by MoveForwardPT.com, the official consumer information website of the American Physical Therapy Association. Learn how physical therapists can help people of all ages and abilities reduce pain and improve and restore motion to achieve long-term quality of life at MoveForwardPT.com. Welcome to Move Forward Radio. I'm Jason Bellamy. Tomorrow, the 2014 Olympic Winter Games will begin in Sochi, Russia. Over the next two weeks, we'll see elite athletes from around the world pull off feats that most of us couldn't even imagine attempting in the first place. One of the thrilling things about the Olympics is that the seemingly impossible becomes possible. For a few days, the extraordinary happens with regularity. But for all the ways that Olympic athletes are beyond imagination, in at least one way, they are very much like the rest of us. They fall down. And in the sports of skiing and snowboarding, falls often mean injuries. Our guest today is Amber Donaldson, a physical therapist at the U.S. Olympic Complex in Colorado Springs, who will discuss her role in preparing Team USA for the Olympics this month and the Paralympics coming up in March. She'll also share insight about avoiding injuries in skiing and snowboarding, including what to do in the event of a fall. As always, information from our guests is for informational purposes only and shouldn't be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. With that, here's our interview with Amber Donaldson. Amber, today we're going to talk about skiing and snowboarding injuries, but given that today is the first day of the Winter Olympics, I'd like to start by discussing what you do at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. So first, describe the training center for me. So here at the Colorado Springs Training Center, we have athletes that live on complexes, the same as at Chula Vista and Lake Placid, our other two sites. We have resident athletes who live on complex kind of year-round, and they travel in and out to competitions, as well as campers, which we call them, that come at just for a short period of time, which may be just a few days up to a few months, either for camps or for preparation for events to get some altitude training. And also our facility houses not only places for them to stay and train, but also sports medicine, sports psychology, sports dietitians, uh, strength and conditioning, all of that is really housed in one place. And a lot of the national governing bodies' headquarters are here in the spring, so it's kind of a, a good location for a really one-stop shop for teams to gather and get good training in all those aspects as well as kind of the admin side of the sports as well. So that's our facility. We have an incredible indoor pool with underwater cameras. We have camera systems kind of in all of our facilities, men's gymnastics, weightlifting, so they play back their lifts or their routines and slow it down, watch for things. And from our perspective, it's nice if there's an injury, we can usually watch that back and see what happened or show EMS or that type of thing. So that technology is really beneficial. We have a brand new sports medicine clinic, which we've just moved into in the last few weeks, which is state of the art. We have the nice clinic. We have GE is one of our great sponsors. So we have an extremity MRI, x-ray machine, an IDEXA scan, and musculoskeletal ultrasound all in one clinic. So really top-notch sports medicine clinic, which is a great place to work. And they're just finishing up a new strength and conditioning and sports sciences center. So it'll really be really one of the best places in the world actually for sports medicine and sports sciences. So then how do you fit into that and into the larger scheme uh, for athletes who are coming in trying to improve their performance or get over injuries? I'm the Associate Director of Sports Medicine, and I oversee all three clinics. 
primarily policies and procedures and staffing and that type of thing. And then I have another associate director who I work with who oversees the clinical side of things, and we both work under our managing director, again, who oversees all three clinics. And so we're an integrated multidisciplinary clinic. We have physical therapists, chiropractors, athletic trainers, massage therapists, and physicians all working together. We rarely see an athlete on our own. We really work all together and have really great success because of that. So besides kind of the admin side of my job of managing those type of things, I'm also a clinician, so a lot of hands-on treatment. We have, like I said, the resident athletes and the campers who come in, but we also have what we call special rehab. So some of the athletes who train in other locations who are really the top of their sport, and so the sport will send them in here for us to do really comprehensive evaluations because of the great clinicians we have, but also because of the facilities we have here and the partnerships we have with one of our hospitals next door, an orthopedic group, a couple of orthopedic groups. So we just have the opportunity to really get to the root of their problem and then get them rehabbed and back out to their sport as quickly as possible with trying to minimize the amount of time out of their sport. So that's kind of what I do is oversee that and then uh, working with the games. So I'll be the medical director at the Paralympics in Sochi this year, overseeing all the preparations leading into both the Olympic and the Paralympic Games. Those Olympics and Paralympics are coming up, and so the, the focus is on those winter sports. At the training center in Colorado Springs, can you guys tell what season you're in in terms of the athletes that are in front of you, or is it a mixture of different athletes with different focuses, summer and winter, all the different disciplines year-round? It's pretty much all the athletes year-round. We have winter and summer athletes that train here year-round. So in the summer, we will have the bobsled athletes here, and in the winter, they're up in Lake Placid. So they kind of really rotate between the three sites, depending on the needs that they have. And you know, all the sledding sports are obviously up in Lake Placid or in Salt Lake for ski and snowboard and things like that, depending on their snow and ice. And if not, then or most of them are here for kind of off-season training. Our figure skaters train here, so we have a lot of those that are based in the springs. We see some of the speed skaters come through, though they mainly train in Salt Lake. So we're definitely probably heavier on the summer side just because of there's more sports that way. But we do have a lot of the skiers and things that come down, particularly para-skiers who come down here as well. And we're at altitude, which helps with the winter sports too. It's a mix, and yeah, we really never know. <laughs> we could see a volleyball player one day and bobsledder the next and it's just really a, a big mix of athletes. So I'm going to ask you an unfair question because it's a broad question, but when you're treating somebody who has, let's say, they, they have a MCL tear or something like that in their knee, does it matter what sport they're participating in in terms of how you design the treatment, or is it just the injury is the injury, or is it sort of a combination? It's a combination. It's really important and helpful if we understand their sport, and you know, I might not know every aspect of sensing and I'm not a fencer by any means, but if I understand the mechanics behind it and, and often it's the athletes showing us or us going over to practice and seeing how what their mechanism is that potentially could have led to that injury or was there a change in their equipment or things like that. And so that gives us a little bit idea of how the injury came about. And then in the same regard, we'll use that then to rehab them and make sure that we're sport-specific in getting them back to their sport. So the injury itself and really kind of the initial phases of rehab are probably very similar amongst most of the sport. But when we get into that sport-specific phase, it can vary quite a lot. And also the timing, depending on how fast they need to get back and to what degree. You know, is this kind of a warm-up competition or is this the Olympics. <laughs> so all those factors really play into our rehabs with those athletes. So from a treatment perspective, what's a typical day like for you? 
We see on the treatment side of things, I'd probably see around 15 to 20 athletes on some days, some days only, maybe five or six. And we have everything post-surgical to kind of prevention programs. And so we'll work together. And if we have some of these special rehabs, we might be doing some physicals as well, physical examinations. So we kind of all take different aspects and look at their functional strength and balance, mobility, motility, things like that, as well as working with our partners on getting labs and ECGs and things like that. From a physical therapy side of things, we'll do evaluations, treatments. I do a lot of assessing of equipment, shoes, and orthotics. We do a lot of taping here, which often isn't done in a typical clinic. We'll do a lot of first aid and also working with illnesses, skin reactions, some of those typical or past typical athletic training kind of injuries and illnesses. And the setting here, we really are a one-stop shop, and so we'll do everything, you know, splinting, those type of things if we need to. So there's no two days the same, really. It's a lot of variability depending on the athletes, the sports, uh, the injuries, and what you kind of have coming through the door. So it's a hard question to answer. Absolutely. So you're treating a myriad of injuries, and that transitions us nicely, I think, into talking about skiing and snowboarding injuries. No matter what level somebody is, they all have falls. That's one thing that elite and amateur skiers and snowboarders have in common. Beyond that, are their injuries the same, or are we talking about completely different things? No, I, I believe their injuries are very similar. It would just be the degree to which they're injured or frequency. I think our athletes who are very well trained, they may have different types of injuries as far as their cross-training or some of the overuse type of things just because of the load and the frequency in which they're doing their sport more than a recreational skier who might get out there a couple times a month or so. And I think that's kind of a similar case in most sports that the more you do it and if there's a breakdown in technique or if they're having some compensation because of an injury or things like that, those type of injuries may present themselves more in our elite population. And obviously they're going faster and harder, so those crashes can sometimes be pretty traumatic, but I think we see those in recreational as well with running into trees or people or things like that. And hopefully they're trained how to fall properly as much as they can control that. And I think overall, I think it would be pretty similar, just be kind of the degree in which we see those injuries. So there's one thing that amateurs could learn from the elites. So how do you fall correctly? So I'm sure there's a lot of different ideas out there, but really in ski you want to ditch the poles and try and sit back. Obviously if you're flying 100 miles an hour down the hill, that's difficult, but getting rid of the poles is really good because you don't want to catapult yourself or add the potential for more wrist or hand injuries. And snowboard really trying to keep closed fists or arms so that you land more on your forearms rather than outstretched arms, just trying to limit the kind of the moment arm in which the forces are going through the shoulder, that type of thing, because your legs are trapped. Where in ski, they kind of could go in any direction. So trying to keep yourself small and, and trying to keep your moment arms small so that you're not dislocating shoulders and things like that from the forces. And then also wearing appropriate equipment will help with that as well. Yeah, those arm injuries are definitely common, especially amongst amateurs, and that really is the only way to prevent those, right, is just to avoid injuring them in the fall, or is there something else that people can do? Because most of the injuries in ski and snowboard are traumatic in origin, that's really the most important, but... I think making sure that you're strong in those areas will also help. So if it's just more of a small fall, your shoulder isn't going to dislocate or you're not going to really tear up your wrist or that type of thing if you've got appropriate strength as well as technique. But for some of these traumatic injuries, it's 
kind of goes to more technique or avoiding the trees than really a lot of background strength. But definitely making sure core and all the scapular stabilizers and everything are really activated. So it'll make you only more effective and more efficient in your sport, but also cut down on, again, overuse injuries and also potentially positively impact any uh, injuries that are traumatic in nature. And then what about leg injuries? Especially in ski, knee injuries are the top injury that we'll see in ski just because there's so much rotation and torque through those joints, particularly on, you know, making lots of sharp turns, those type of things. And with the traumatic injuries, ACL, collateral ligaments, very common. So again, working on lower extremity strength, so a lot of different squat type of exercises, again, core strength so that when you're in a lower position, you can maintain it and also working on endurance of those muscles. So not only uh, strength, but endurance so that you can make it down the hill at least once and then, you know, every time because especially in individuals who don't do it on a regular basis, it's a lot of muscles that they're not using and that probably their day-to-day jobs. And so they just fly out, jump on the slopes for a couple weeks out of the year and really struggle with that, with fatigue. And that's where injuries can occur when kind of your timing and uh, reflexes are a little bit off and that usually comes into play when fatigue sets in. So really making sure that lower extremities are strengthened and doing that not only just in squats and those type of things but really in sport-specific kind of training, doing single leg, a lot of balance work because it is, again, a sport that requires some balance and stability and uh, especially if you're not doing that on a daily basis, your body needs some reminders before you get back out there to prevent those injuries. So from a skiing perspective, let's walk through that. If I'm somebody who's going to go skiing in two weeks for the first time all season, how can I prepare myself and, and how much per day should should I probably be dedicating to kind of trying to simulate the experience while I'm headed toward? I think cross-training is always good, so hopefully keeping somewhat active before heading out for a really physical type of vacation or trip or things like that. You know, running, biking, hiking, those type of things are really good working on the endurance of the muscles, but then working really specifically more on strengthening. So squats, lunges, speed skater type of activities where you're jumping from one leg to another, really focusing on good knee control. So often it's really good to do it in front of a mirror so that makes sure that that knee is not collapsing in over the foot. So doing a lot of glute strengthening exercises and there's a million different types out there, you know, whether that's Pilates based or kettlebell swings or Olympic lifts or different things like that. And it's kind of based on experience, what you have access to and that type of thing. So kind of there's a whole gamut of exercise, but really making sure that those lower extremities are strong that can maintain your endurance throughout the time you're going to be skiing or snowboarding, as well as upper extremities, even though you're not putting a lot of pressure through your arms a different movement than what you could be doing sitting at your desk and so making sure that you're kind of going through those motions and maybe even getting into your equipment and making sure everything fits properly those type of things because if bindings or boots you're not fitting right from last season or those type of things those can lead to injuries because you either compensate or you're just not fitting properly and so you don't have as much control over your body so I think making sure all of those things are in line as well as making sure your body is healthy and then also because most ski resorts are at altitude making sure that you're working on hydration making sure that you give yourself time to acclimate and that you don't land and then you're on the slope within an hour because that can set you up with the potential for altitude sickness and things like that. So just working on making sure that overall you're physically prepared for your vacation. 
And then what about uh, for snowboarders? Does it change in terms of the common injuries or, or is it similar to skiers? It does change, actually. It's more upper extremity injuries in snowboarders because their feet are fixed. So that you don't see as many traumatic knee injuries as you would probably more wrist injuries, shoulder dislocations, things like that from the falls. And some of the latest research is still showing that snowboarding is actually has slightly higher incident of injuries, probably kind of newer and uh, a lot of younger athletes or, or individuals are trying it, participating in it, and so sometimes they're jumping out maybe without proper training and things like that. And so just making sure, whether it's skiing or snowboarding, that you're skiing within appropriate levels and things like that and making sure that you're fit for whichever type of skiing or snowboarding that you're participating in. But yes, snowboarding tends to be more of the upper extremity. Also, some of the head injuries because your feet are connected to each other and if you fall to less you kind of have less control sometimes over where you're falling so the shoulder injuries and then concussions or head injuries are also common. In terms of what the Olympic athletes are doing to prepare is there anything that people can take away from that to, to better prepare themselves to hit the slopes whether they are skiers they are snowboarders you talked about preparing their body by doing simple exercises but is there sort of any kind of background trick to the trade that maybe the amateur doesn't do that they might get a lot of benefit out of whether it's a specific exercise or a way of going about preparing I think it's just making sure that they remember every little step. So, you know, like I said, squats or those type of exercises are really important and and help get the body ready. But making sure that they're not fatigued leading into this is important. So our Olympic athletes are very good about their scheduling and making sure that they're training very hard, but they're also recovering very hard and being smart about their training. And so it's not necessarily training more, it's training smarter. And I think that's sometimes what is lost with recreational because oftentimes you don't have the time to properly warm up and cool down. You're kind of out there for a week and you want to get in as much as you can. And so I think that's something to remember. And if if you can kind of extend that by preparing yourself at home before you get out there or making sure that as soon as you get off the slopes and you get back that you're doing some sort of recovery, whether that contrast baths or Epsom salt baths or stretching or making sure good nutrition and hydration are involved, all those type of things so that the soreness is minimized, potential for injury is lessened. And so I think that's one thing that our elite athletes have gotten much better at and particularly as they kind of go on in their careers balancing the training very hard but the recovering very hard and the preparation and making sure that their schedule balances all of that and you know that they have a day off but you know they're not just lounging around they're doing active recovery and and things like that and a lot of our athletes here they nap in the day and (laughs) those type of things because they train two and three times a day and so that's a different world than the recreational athlete in that regard but I think they can take away some of those tips that it's not just kind of jump on the slope and get off there's a lot of preparation that should go into that before and after. So speaking of the preparation you've seen that you've participated in that how much time will you get to watch the Winter Olympics this year? Since I'll be going to the Paralympics, I'll be able to watch a fair bit of the, hopefully, a fair bit of the Olympics. We'll have it on here in the clinic, I'm sure. Uh, we have still full campus full of athletes, so we'll be busy preparing a lot of other athletes that are still here. And then at the Paralympics, we're pretty busy. Anytime we're at the Games, we're pretty busy within the clinic, getting athletes ready and to perform and bring home medals. But we try and get out there and support Team USA as much as we can and take little rotations because it's a real privilege and opportunity to be there to support our team as well as provide our expertise in sports medicine and help them perform better. We also want to 
really cheer them on as well. We've worked alongside them for a long time and really want to see them succeed. So it's, it's a great opportunity that way too. On that note, what does it mean to you to see those athletes that you have helped, that you have worked side by side and seen their determination help them get through a problem? What does it mean to you just to see them competing, you know, regardless of whether they medal, regardless of how they do, to see them on that stage? What does that feel like? It's an amazing feeling. We get to hear the Olympic story here every day, and that's such a privilege, really, to see these athletes who are just extraordinary at what they do really get to finally meet that goal that they may have set for their whole lives and to really represent their country. And I think that's what really hits a lot of the athletes when they land at that Olympic village is finding out that they're maybe not just a speed skater, but they're part of Team USA. And so when we get to be part of that as well and see how much hard work has gone behind that performance that might last just a few seconds is amazing and especially if we've worked with them and know if they've had surgeries or injuries that have taken them off the the circuit of the road for a long time and see how hard they've worked to get back to that is just an amazing amazing opportunity and especially with our Paralympians and some of their backgrounds and stories from accidents in the military and how much they've overcome to perform at their best is truly inspiring and I know that that's portrayed to the American people but we kind of get a behind the scenes look at them and get to know them a little better and so that's just really a, a privilege and an honor. Amber Thompson, thank you so much. Thank you. For additional tips on avoiding injuries while skiing and snowboarding, visit MoveForwardPT.com. I'm Jason Bellamy. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Move Forward Radio. Insight from our guests is for informational purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for individual treatment by a medical professional. Learn more about how a physical therapist can help you and find a physical therapist in your area at MoveForwardPT.com. For an archive of past episodes, visit moveforwardpt.com slash radio.